When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey everybody, it's Josh Rutledge, your co-host for Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. Thank you so much for listening. If you'd like to support us more, please head over to our website, fearscapepodcast.com. There you can click on store and browse some really awesome t-shirts and maybe pick a couple up. Or even go to our Patreon page and see how you can support us monthly. We love bringing you awesome content just as much as you like listening to it. Enjoy the show. Hello. I'm so glad you could join us. I hope you brought your blanket to hide under. The spooky crew is going to discuss things and events from other realms. Ghosts. Cryptids. Aliens. Be sure to hold your blanket extra tight as the boys take you deep into the fearscape, fearscape, fearscape. (laughs) Welcome back, ladies and gentlemen, to another episode of Fearscape Paranormal Podcast. Sound effects are created by myself and my co-host. So my name is Steph. Don't don't talk until I introduce you, young man. (laughs) Oh, boy. Starting off off strong. My name is Stefan Gearhart, your host for the evening. And I am joined by my, let's see, my uh, interruptingly uh, beautiful, damn it, uh, (laughs) co-host, Josh Rutledge. How are you today? I'm doing swell. I'm stuck at home with my kids for five six weeks or yeah something. yeah i guess if i was stuck at home with you i'd be, be stressed out but <laughs> um but no thank you guys for tuning in we have a really cool episode we're going to be talking about indrid cold this is the uh alien that uh was talked about in john keel's book mothman prophecies we don't know alien right well, according to said book and lore the yeah. the possible alien uh, non human. Non humanoid. Uh, no, humanoid, yes. Non human, yes. Uh, also made popular by Woody Derenberger uh, in his book Visitors from Lanulos, um, the man who met Indrid Cold himself. And we also have a very, 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 very special guest. The man we talk about all the damn time, yep. Santosh. <laughs> Hi, Santosh. Hello, me. Little old you. Uh, it's good to have you on the show. We had you on the show way back in the day, but now we've got you just you, and you're here with Josh and I now. Yeah, back in the day. Air horse, no air horse. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so one of the reasons we invited Santosh on is that we all became obsessed with Hellier together. Um, we all became obsessed with uh, John Keel's book, The Mothman Prophecies, as well as Visitors from Lanulos, all of that. There was no better person to talk with yep. about Andrew Cold than Mr. Santosh himself. So we're very pumped to have you here. Um, but 
But now, before we get into that, I want to get into our psychic word of the week. All right, this comes from the Encyclopedic Psychic Dictionary from June Bletzer. And uh, this, of course, came from my good friend, Barbara Jordan, who passed away. Um, God rest her soul. Don't you know? Don't you know? And uh, the, word, the phrase for this week is etheric counterpart. What this means is an invisible, refined order of matter that surrounds every material object and living organism, including humans, in Earth which is an exact replica of that object or organism. This refined order of matter consists of various kinds of astral matter and is formed following the pattern of the mental plane. Astral objects and organisms are formed before they manifest in Earth. The psychic can, therefore, tune into the future of Earthlings and Earth objects by reaching an astral alpha level of awareness. This can also be seen in colors as the outer part of the aura. Do not confuse with the luminous mist or etheric double section of the aura that clings close to the object or organism. Is this like a precursor? Kind of. Yeah. It came before you or whatever. It uh, Well, yeah. I mean, it's it's basically, it's your counterpart. I mean, it's it's your yeah. energetic counterpart, right. I guess, in, in the ether so to speak. And it, yeah. it, it is essentially what psychics can tap into uh, if you're not physically in the room. It's your energy doppelganger. <laughs> yeah. Or you're the energy doppelganger. Well, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we like to blow minds around here. <laughs> well, it's, it's basically just the concept of the first astral plane, you know, like that, that mirror level that you have to get out of so you don't get caught in and, when you're really exploring the different levels of astral. Ah, so you're talking about the Wright Brothers' first astral plane. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Kitty Hawk. Kitty <laughs> Hawk. Well, is that not not a Silver Hawk, Kitty Hawk? Oh, and not Kitty Pride. No. Know. And is, is this Astro plane or no Astro? Astro a dog plane. from the Jetsons. <laughs> we had this conversation on Fierce Cape Unhinged. It is astral, not Astro. I'm gonna go astral traveling. I'm gonna open up a bar in the astral planes. By the which, uh, by the way, I've by the been witch. <laughs> by, by the witch, I've been to one. Um, like, and I, now I'm gonna call it the astro plane. Like, it'll be like Jetsons themed. Yes, that's hilarious. In my astro plane. <laughs> Shut up, God. <laughs> All right. Well, let's. I thought the name of the bar was By the Witch. I thought that was a that cool is name. a good one. <laughs> that is a good one. Uh, since it's on our show, copyrighted. Um, anyways, uh, let's move in before we get even going into the topic. We have lots of stuff to cover today. So we're going to move right into a little bit of spooky news. All right. So spooky news is actually coming from you, Josh, not from me because I forgot to find some. Yeah. Cause you slacked a little bit. I did. It's okay. I That's did. All right. Working from home too. Yeah, I know. I'm stuck at home with my dog and two cats. I mean, you normally have an abundance of time at work. What do you not have at home? I don't understand. <laughs> Your bathroom's closer. Nah, my wife's working home too. So she's like, these dishes need done. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Honey dude list got long. All right, this comes from space.com, and it says, how will NASA deal with the moon dust problems for Artemis lunar landing? So in case anybody hasn't heard, yeah, there was an announce announcement made like a few months back that by 2024, we're going back to the moon 
And not only were you going back to the moon for like exploration, but we're actually setting up colonies on the moon. That I did hear, yeah. And the name of the colony is Artemis. Right. So go ahead. Oh, I was just going to say uh, that I'm super pumped about that. Though a little frightened. I don't know if you remember the Time Machine remake movie where yeah. he's moving into the future and he gets into like 2030. And the moon like is broken is up. broken because they yeah. have mined it. Right, yeah. <laughs> so look out, it's coming. So there's a couple of things here that I think are really cool uh, with, the, with the selection. So I'll get into the article in just a second, but Artemis, there's a book that came out. Artemis Fowl? No, there's a book that came Love out. that series. The yeah. movie's coming out for that. Well, this came out in 2017, and it's from the, from the same author that wrote The Martian that was uh, made into a movie. Uh, Matt Damon played mm-hmm. the main character, Mark Watney. Anyways, and the, the name of the base on the moon in the book? Artemis. Artemis. Well, okay, so I get that then. I mean, Space Force is using the Starfleet symbol, yeah. so, I mean, I guess that's what we're doing now. Right. The government's like, what else can we steal from? Yeah. <laughs> um, so yeah, so this article goes on to say that um, basically there's a lot of problems with moon dust because moon dust is a little bit of a, a misnomer because there is no actual dust in the way that we understand dust on the moon. You know, dust being the collection of organic particles. Dude, I was getting worried. I mean, could you imagine the moon dust bunnies? <laughs> <laughs> well, so moon dust on the moon is just Dirt. really fine rocks. Oh, well, I mean, that's what sand is. Right? Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's, it's like it's almost finer than sand. It's like microscopic sand, if you will. And so in the in the book Artem, called Artemis, they actually talk about that a lot because they have all these airlock systems in place to make sure that none of that moon dust comes into the internal complex because oh, it could be okay. recycled in the air. And if you were to breathe that into your nose... I mean, imagine the, the I've I'm, oh, like diatomaceous earth, and it can yeah. really mess you up. It's exactly. Yeah. I was going to mention that, or like talcum powder, or um, miners deal with that and stuff. Uh, and I can. Are you going? Are you going to get that old moon lung? Yeah, you got, Dad. I got the, the moon, moon lung. lung. It's called white lung. It's called white lung. <laughs> <laughs> I've got the gray lung. Oh my god! Your lunar privilege. You. <laughs> I'm trying to think there was um, there's been a couple times where I've been places where um, you knew after a while you were going to be like your snot was going to be covered with oh yeah you know different... I mean we've done construction work yeah you and I both have and mm-hmm. you know when you're working with drywall you get white boogers and we're working with fiberglass insulation oh, oh yeah. those are the worst so yeah I mean it, but imagine that so that's so that's one of the concerns is like how's it going to interact with the um, you know, the colonies are going to set up on the planet. But also, when they blast off, when they leave the moon, and even when they land on the moon, it blows up all kinds of that dust, yeah. goes everywhere. It actually blows it up into the orbit around the moon. And so if they have a lot of planned visits over time, you're going to end up with like a cloud of moon dust really? around the moon. So then you're going to need to do, there was this episode of DuckTales. <laughs> Where Launchpad had a snowplow put on the front of his plane so that he could move rain clouds in and out of systems yeah. so that they could control the weather. Yeah, just like the Care Bears somehow walk around on the clouds. On the cloud, as does God. Yeah, and um, fly in the cloud cars. So, yeah, they're going to need to get a plane with a snowplow. Yeah, they'll just recycle one of the shuttles. Yeah, just- or just get the um, Spaceballs vacuum cleaner. <laughs> It's gone from suck to blow. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, shit. Space balls. 
So yeah, so that's the that's basically the synopsis of the article. Uh, I could read through it line by line, but I did do the work of me reading it and you telling you what it is. So thanks. Yeah, uh, your voice grates on my ears. So you have a, you have a voice for silent films. <laughs> <laughs> well, last week you told me I had a body or a face, face for, for radio. radio. Now I don't even have a voice for radio. You just replace me with a freaking piano. <laughs> yes, I believe that. What do you think? <laughs> you, sir, have a disembodied essence for this. <laughs> Next thing you know, you're going to tell me I got the voice for print. <laughs> no, that'd be audible. Yeah. <laughs> not sponsored. Yeah, not sponsored. Your voice is color. Um, all right, so that's, that's our spooky news. Um, but let's go ahead and move into our our very close to home UFO sighting of the week. So I'm yeah. gonna I'm gonna still let you handle this, Josh. But I'm gonna set this baby up. Last week, Josh and I had an old school sleepover. Um, like we was in school, he braided my hair, yep. I braided his hair. We made cookies and talked about all the boys. It was beautiful. Yeah. Um, but no, we we did. We spent Broke the night the and uh, did a lot of recording. Record some Fearscape Unhinged. We also went out to uh, Waverly and did some cool things, which we'll talk about in Creepy Ketchup. But whilst we was there, yeah, we saw a UFO. So <gasps> what? Yes. Yep. Yes. So I'm trying to, what was the name of the star? Capella. Capella. Yeah. Okay. Goat eyes. Female yep. goat. Yep. So in the night sky, it was like, what about 1 a.m. or so when we were out there? Yeah. 12 1 o'clock. Yep. Uh, so in the night sky, there was uh, an, an arrangement of stars, but one of them was a very bright star and it's Capella. Mm-hmm. And if you look it up, Capella is one of the brighter stars in the sky. Uh, and on a moonlit night, it's still even. Yeah, I mean, and it was a pretty crispy night. Yeah. I mean, you could see for for miles. I mean, we're in the city. I mean, we're still. in the city, so there's light pollution. But you can still see the main constellations. Yeah, exactly. So, um, look, I, I happen, I like to close the door, and I just, because this is something I do all the time in the nighttime, I look up to see the sky. I just, it's, I like to do it. Mm-hmm, so same. I look up, and I see this bright star, and I'm like, I stare at it for a little while, and I'm thinking, that's that's moving. And I'm staring up at it, and I'm thinking to myself, that thing's zigzagging. Yeah, so it's like it kind of does like a little loop-de-loo, yeah. and it does some zigzagging back and forth. And um, so, Stefan, you actually pulled out your phone yeah. with your super tele- like telescope. Yeah, so zoom. I've got the new uh, Samsung S20 um, Ultra 5G, and it has mm-hmm. the 100 times space zoom. Um. Well, I didn't zoom all the way in like that because it's hard to keep yeah. in frame. Um, but it, it has it, it records in 8K. And uh, I recorded this sucker moving. Yeah. Um, and we've brightened it up. I mean, it this thing's moving right to left. It, I mean, it's it, bouncing. It, and, I mean, this is like the first the first point when I was looking at it, not not when I recorded, but the first point when I'm looking at it, it was like if you've, if you're, if you've ever been able to shake your eyeballs 
Like, you know, some people can do that. Mine are pretty firmly like, uh, placed. In well, I can look at you and make my eyes go, <laughs> I, 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 That's what it looked like to me at first. It was like vibrating and it was pulsating too. Yeah, it was. Like it was changing colors. It was like orange to yellow to blue to red to orange to green. I mean, it was like pulsating different colors. Um, and that's what finally I had to pull out my phone and um, it, 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 it stopped recording on its own. I didn't hit stop. It stopped recording on its own. And, um, but yeah, it like goes to the right and we'll post this video for all skeptics to scrutinize. And, um, we posted it or I mean all that stuff. And then it just kept throughout yeah, the rest of the throughout night. Throughout the rest of the night, it kept on going. Now, when we got back to my house later on that night, it had gotten cloudy and so you couldn't see yeah. it anymore. And honestly, it's been cloudy every night since. So I haven't been able to go out, but I, I plan on taking my telescope i have a a special lens for my telescope mm -hmm. that allows me to record video to a computer uh that i'll see through the telescope yeah i plan on taking that out there and see if i can well and, and to reiterate the weird thing was is that it was capella because you know at first i thought maybe this thing is hiding in front of capella right and it's moving around but then if it would you know moved around i feel like we would have seen capella sit behind it well that's so i i almost feel like there was something in between the yeah, two right that was blocking the view of capella this thing was pretending to be Capella. Correct. That's what I felt too. And then moving around for anybody who happens to be looking. Yeah. And you actually found some other reports the same night. Same night. In different, like one was in Pennsylvania yeah. and another was in like New Jersey or something. Yeah, I think it was New Jersey. Yeah. No, it wasn't New Jersey. It was somewhere on the other side of the country. But, um, but yeah, yeah, still. Washington. I Washington, yeah. yeah. Washington and Pennsylvania. So the, the other people saw similar things. Yeah. So anyway. So it wasn't just us. Yeah. I mean, we pulled up MUFON and uh, we read those stories. Uh, give me a second here. I might even be able to pull that up. But yeah, so I mean, it was. Um, I have seen. I have seen some spectacular things in the sky before. I, I would. I would classify this as probably one of my first UFOs. I. I did see. You know, about six months ago, above my house, things that were moving. Um, out of sorts and they would like speed up and then they would slow down and then they would change direction and so I mean it wasn't a satellite um, so but that wasn't even aligned to a star that was just yeah movement uh, so from MUFON it says on the same night so this was March 13th for people tallying at home um, this one says around the same time it says walking dog and saw an orange colored stationary circular light stationary and then moving westward and changing in magnitude uh, the other one took place in uh, Washington, says, trying to imitate the stars, the brightest object in the sky, seeing, uh, saw it again tonight. Like, uh, and then this one said, saw what I thought was a pulsating star as I started to pay attention to figure out exactly what it was looking at, and then it disappeared. That one was in Florida. So, yeah, so pretty much different parts of the country all seeing something similar, similar yeah. yeah so that made me feel pretty cool made me feel like what we saw yeah. was i mean there's planes all over the sky and the way this moved it moved up and down and right and left loop-de-loops yeah, i mean it was and i mean it was the for the distance that it was in the sky it was not like so we you know we were kind of watching it above a tree yeah it didn't really move from like branch to branch so it, it wasn't really close to us when it was moving it was really far off i mean really mm -hmm. either in space or even farther off, like from us in space. So, yeah. so, 
So the, the, the other piece that I take from that is, is that it was really big. Yeah. To be able to see it from that far off, yeah. that bright. And it, I mean, it lasted the whole two hours we were out there. Yeah. So at one point it zipped like four inches to the left, which in space translation, yeah. it's like several thousand miles that yeah. it jumped in like, and I'll be posting the two pictures that I took because I zoomed in on it, and it's got a really weird shape. Yeah. Um, I zoomed in on it, um, and, and so I, I zoomed in on my own picture and then um, saved it like that. And then I'll post the video as well. Um, yeah. So that'll be up there one, the same day. This so drops. that's our sighting. Yeah, so that's our UFO sighting in the week, and that will then lead us straight into Creepy Ketchup. Creepy Ketchup. Creepy Ketchup! Creepy Ketchup! Creepy Ketchup! Y'all, it's creepy. So yeah, so the, obviously we're leading straight into Creepy Ketchup because of the UFO sighting. But what else we did that night at Waverly? Which, by the way, we were at Waverly, but we didn't get in. No, we were, um, at, the we were at the gate, gate because they were closed off because of COVID-19. So we couldn't even get into the parking lot. But I mean, we could stay in and see the building. Yeah, we could see the building. It was creepy as all get out. Um, but were, yeah, we were in the parking area right in front of the yeah. gate. They were like, they were, you know, it was, well, I guess... The weirdest thing was when we first got there um, and we were looking at that star and there was there was all this noise. Like there was just, you know, standard nighttime noise. There were Frog frogs noises, croaking. Yeah. And it was cold. It was too cold yeah. for frogs. And, uh, and, and like bu- bugs making noises and all that kind of stuff. And then all of a sudden, everything stops. Stops. <laughs> I mean, dead silence, man. <laughs> um, and then we decided to do, so we did, Four total Estes method sessions, which for those who don't know, this is something obviously from Hellier, uh, or actually I think it came out really before Hellier. Yeah, they uh, just but, used But they use it a lot in Hellier, and it is basically it's a spirit box session, but you close yourself off to the outside. So you, yeah. you put on some noise-canceling headphones, you put on a, a, a sleep mask, and you're tuned in if you will to whatever that spirit box so is. yeah essentially the other person is asking questions and you're the person that's within the the spirit box realm essentially uh is just saying what they hear or saying what they see or feel yeah. um and yeah we did four sessions two a piece two outside the car two in the car um with very interesting results yeah um and, and you know, i guess what the most interesting part of that whole thing is is that you know, for skeptics, you know, you can believe or not believe, but um, I could hear Stefan talking, and I think you said you could hear me talking, but you couldn't hear what we were saying. Yeah, it was, it was like, it was the, like, yeah, it was like, the, you know, Charlie Brown yeah, teacher. It's exactly what it sounded like. Yeah. So it's like, I, and only occasionally, it wasn't all the time. Yeah. Um, so sometimes I knew that you were either asking a question or or speaking or things like that, but I mean, that was like. 10% of the time, yeah. maybe. Other than that, I mean, the the static was pretty, pretty loud. loud. Yeah, yeah. Uh, And we also realized we need better headphones. So that, yeah. that has a lot to do with it, yeah. which we did some of that when we came back here. So technically, we did a lot more than that. But um, the one I wanted to speak about was Waverly because let me just tell you, <laughs> like being that close to Waverly and knowing that you were closed off from the world meant that I was standing outside in front of Waverly by myself. <laughs> Um, and it was really creepy because then you would like hear something off in the brush in the bush and you'd be like, was that you? And then you'd be like, yes. <laughs> and you'd be like, 
And uh, we videotaped all of this. Yeah. So we'll be, we'll be dropping all of this onto our YouTube channel as well. Um, but yeah, it was really super scary because um, uh, I know during my first session with you where you were in the, uh, the headphones, um, you know, I'm pretty sure that I was dealing with someone that was at Waverly. Yeah. that was there um and visiting I, I felt them behind me and they were like yes i'm behind you and um things like that looked like possibly like a janitor or because um, well, i think we had like smelly socks yeah push laundry broom. push broom yeah. and things like that as well as baby there was a lot yeah. i think this person had also lost their ba- their child yeah um at waverly and things like that but it was i mean it gave me yeah. the heebie-jeebies man i mean when i was doing the one for you on the outside of the car mm-hmm. Uh, at one point in time, uh, I think I asked the question, like, are you here? And you said yes. And then, like, I just turned and looked mm-hmm. further up the road towards Waverly. And you said, that's me. Do you see me? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, there's still a lot that we both don't know. Yeah, we haven't watched, we haven't the watched all the videos. We yet. talked about some things, but I mean, it was pretty intense. The psychic part of me really kicked in um, at times. Um, where we made sure to trust what we saw yeah. as well, um, you know, because there's no electrical pulses because you're, you've got the blindfold on, right? Um, but still, occasionally things would pop into our heads. Well, and, and um, the, yeah, so really good. A really good one for that is the one of the sessions we did in the car uh, was me wearing the headphones um, and I went back and watched the video. So this is you said, you know, I'm going to give you some Reiki. Yeah, I was doing. Yeah, so I was, I was, I wanted to see what would happen if I gave energy and kind of pushed out my psychic energy and Reiki. And as I do it, I raise my hand and I'm shooting the energy across your face. Essentially, you go, I see ripples. Yeah, I did. I saw like waves uh, are going across my vision. It, it was, was crazy, dude. <laughs> I was like, yes, pudding. <laughs> It was super fun. Yeah. Um, my grandma Carol showed up yep. uh, in the second half of that in the car session. Yep. It started off as someone else, which seemed extraterrestrial to me, yep. um, and then moved to my grandma Carol. And you could tell the difference in the way that you spoke. Um, and I got a lot of confirmation that it was my grandma Carol, uh, which was really, it, I mean, you came out of that session with me yeah. crying. <laughs> well, in that, that session before me doing it where you were wearing the headphones, I also was interacting with something that seemed extraterrestrial because yeah. it, it was really wanting me to look up. Tom Soul. Yeah. That was the name it gave us. Right. Tom Soul. Tom Soul or either Tom Soul, like it's a first name, last name. Or yeah, just or Tom Soul. Tom Soul or. Or did you get your Tom Souls out? <laughs> <laughs> So anyways, um, that was that night. We came back here. We did a few more SS sessions here, and then we were both exhausted. So we Yeah, because we were up to like 5.30. Yeah. <clears throat> um, and then I think it was 4.30. Anyway, so then I went to bed and had a crazy dream. You had some crazy dreams. Yeah. Um, which I guess is to kind of be expected. Um, then, So then on Sunday that night... Um, you had told me that I needed to ask the God and Goddess for my real name. Right. Or- so, Santosh, you'll you'll understand this. We we got talking about um, names and their power, yeah. um, and we talked. I told him how we as pagans will choose our magical name. That in in essence, that is our true name, and giving ourselves that true name has power. 
and I encouraged Josh to find his. I told him that mine was Phoenix Moon, and I knew that was correct when it first happened, and I even tried to change it within my guard circle, um, and it just what didn't, didn't feel right. But whenever I use in Ritual Phoenix Moon, there's a power behind it. And so I encouraged Josh to do the same, and interesting result. Yeah, so I went to bed that night. I laid there. I, I don't really know what I'm supposed to do, right? I'm, never, I'm new to all this kind of stuff. So I just asked. I said, pretty much the god or goddess, would you, you know, tonight would you tell me what my real name is? And then um, kind of fell off to sleep. Uh, woke up sometime later. I don't really know what time it was, but my wife was still up. I think her she moved or something. I woke up. But the first words that popped into my head was Star Sapphire. And then went back to sleep, had several dreams involving the the words star sapphire the whole next day couldn't shake the words Mm -hmm. star sapphire went to bed sunday night um or actually i was standing in the shower and i decided to own it and so i just closed my eyes and said you know i am star sapphire please show me a truth and i saw like in my mind's eye um two uh, silhouettes of eyes and then they dissipated, and then I saw a third eye, and then, like, all kinds of... What I can only explain is, like, a bunch of white, pure white lightning bugs, like millions of them flying, if you will, from this third eye into me, and then um, all kinds of faces, like alien faces were flashing. Right, didn't you see one that was, like, Andorians, but instead of just the antennas, the antennas themselves had eyeballs in them? Well, no, that was actually a couple nights before. Or was that before? I got it mixed up. That was in a dream. I can't shake that image. No, this this was actually just a bunch of more uh, humanoid-type faces, and I even even asked asked if any of them, like, I was like, are there any that are more human-like? Right, so this is where Santosh gets looped in here because we messaged him about this as well, about your dream and the uh, figure, the humanoid that you saw that kind of looked like Thanos a little bit. Yeah, so then, yeah, so the Thanos-looking guy, and actually I found a picture of that, like, from Mesopotamia or something thousands of years ago. Um, So, yeah, I'm walking the dog Monday morning, and um, the dog is very interested in something in the woods behind my house, which I've told you many times, I feel like there's something back there. Right, and that's where I'm pretty sure I saw the skinwalker. Yeah. So Hi. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding, that's a Jersey Devil I know. Yeah. So then yeah, so my dog is very interested in something back there. I get a like a rush of fear over top of like run over me and I I mentally say or actually I think I verbally said, I'm not ready. I thought I was, but <laughs> we I'm always not. think we are. <laughs> um, and then my dog was no longer interested in anything. So that's interesting. Yeah. Um, so that was my, that's pretty much been my creepy ketchup. I, I have to admit, I have been so tired the last couple of nights that I have not had anything happen since probably that Monday morning. Mm-hmm. Um, and honestly, I've also been kind of, I don't know, I guess I kind of temporarily closed off to it, uh, on purpose, yeah. uh, cause it really scared me. Well, and it's like Andrea said in her book, I mean, you know, at first they were all frightened simply because it occurred. Yeah. And, you know, that that's going to happen until you feel a little more in control or you get used to it. Yeah. Um, but even then, I would tell you, Santosh and I have seen some crazy stuff over the years, and there's still <laughs> things that still freak me out <laughs> a lot. And I'm like, I've seen you like 50 times. 
What about you, Santosh? You have any creepy catch up this week? Um, well, I was about to jump in on the end of Josh's. With oh, the, jump on in. Um, the, the t- temporary. Oh, so <laughs> temporarily closed off on purpose. Like um, that. Probably not for the scope of what's going on here, but eventually, uh, I can tell you, or Steph can tell you, about the uh, like the Campbell's Hell uh, period. And I, I, I did a big shutdown on purpose. And one of the things that I've been realizing or that's being made apparent to me in what I call come throughs now, you know, like something that comes through mm-hmm. and that'll, and it'll happen as you're waking up from a dream. So a dream come through or meditation is where I get a lot of them. And so I have to keep post-it notes in my head and there's different ways of keeping track. And then I have to write them out and I've been specifically journaling on them and everything too. But one of the, sorry, talking in circles. One of the big things that I've been doing recently is pondering the fact that I shield and ward my house every night and that's preventing communication. And I know it is, Mm -hmm. but at the same time, I'm not a part of me is unwilling to quit doing the warding practices because I've gotten so used to turning the faucet. Like it's like what the best way I could describe the metaphor is like, think of it like a faucet and what you've, what you've done is you've closed the faucet, right? Or adjusted the temperature. And if you check it every night, it's almost an OCD type compulsion. And so I'm having to get over the compulsion of the shutdown to open myself back up. Yeah, that's one thing I've had to teach Josh a little bit is to filter his shielding a yeah, little bit. Adaptive yeah, adaptive shielding. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So that the things that you want can still get in, but those that cause harm still cannot. But it's interesting because those things that we perceive that can cause harm are kind of the ones we really want to check out. <laughs> well, yeah. I, was, I was cleansing the space before this because I was noticing a lot of interference and I was like, oh no, I'd like this to be clear. This is something I've been looking forward to for two months. You know, let's... Yeah. Let's make sure that the high energies don't disrupt plus little catchers around, which we'll get back into it when we get to Crowley and the actual like star, star sapphire, star ruby rituals, things like that. Um, But to get rid of the little interlopers, (laughs) you know, that that do. (laughs) And think about it this way, Steph, Um, a lot of people like, like to um, use smoke cleansing as a practice, Mm -hmm. but they don't open up to let out. Yes. Yes. (laughs) So, you know, I opened up the door and now there's temperature difference. So I'm sure that's what it actually was. <laughs> right. I, I was like, okay, little thing easy, you know, that stuff that no longer serves, uh, interferes, you know, out, 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 tout, tout, tout. And just a huge <laughs> gust of wind pulled from behind me for about five seconds, you know, like, and I was like, interesting. <laughs> hmm. Cleansed of all negativity, as I will, so motivate me. Um, also, I've been holding on to this for just a second. Creepy ketchup, creepy ketchup, creepy ketchup. Y'all, it's creepy. Uh, I, just, <laughs> it's Murph, it's, it's Murph I know you at the end. played it, but it's my favorite. It's one of my favorite parts of the thing. Like, Thank like, you. Podcast. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, because it's some hot. old co-host of mine did not like it. Well, I think it's hilarious. And I think the last part reminds me of Murph. <laughs> Y'all, it's, Y'all crazy. it's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, old friend of ours That's from okay. Western. <laughs> <laughs> um, my my ca- creepy catch-up is um, 
just since last we talked back backlog of lots of really interesting dreams but the thing that just happened last night is i was watching dr sleep and i think i texted you right after it happens yeah you did um the point where they get to the overlook so they've mentioned it all movie right when yeah. they actually drive up and you see it for the first time my i have two lights in my room and they're both wi-fi lights and the one over my bed flashed brightly hmm. like not not just like you know how they have the little flickers they're, yeah. they're, they're, that's that's not what i'm talking about it went flash so much that i rewound the movie because i was like that was just the car <laughs> flashing at you you just mistook it you know and, and no the car you don't see it like head on like what happened in my room and i was like well, isn't that interesting? Mm -hmm. So, you know, eh, yeah, maybe creepy, maybe not, but still it was- Creepy enough. me. Yeah. <laughs> well, it, it, and it was at the perfect point in the movie too, you know, cause you've been waiting to get to the freaking overlook the whole movie. Yeah. You know, <laughs> like, yeah, like yeah. so. Yeah, I, I love that movie, man. Especially the main bad guy uh, woman, what's her name, Mr. Oh, Hat or- yeah, she's oh. awesome. And I've been seeing her, the actress. She's been in a bunch of other stuff um, lately that I've been seeing. But yeah, such a great movie. Such a mm -hmm. great movie. And also, since uh, just a reminder here, if you guys love Creepy Ketchup as much as Santosh does, get yourself a Creepy Ketchup t-shirt on our online store. Uh, you can, of course, find that on fearscapepodcast.com. Go to the store. Check out the Creepy Ketchup uh, t-shirt that we've got. It's pretty cool. Yep. And uh, yeah, so that's... Uh, what happened to like you all used to talk about the myopic mayonnaise and the mystic mustard? And yeah, so I would like to carpet the paranormal poupon. <laughs> Excuse me, sir. Do you have any paranormal poupon? <laughs> the, <laughs> but of course, <laughs> the boo barbecue. Yes, or the barbecue. Barbecue. I'd go to boo barbecue. <laughs> Boobecue. Boobecue. Yeah, well, that sounds a little dirty. Um, <laughs> hey, girl, let me see your boobacues. No. <laughs> <laughs> Anything could be dirty if you make it dirty. So. Well, yeah. <laughs> and uh, uh, what, what's, a, what's a mystical word that starts with R? Reiki. No, that's not good. <laughs> um, I, I just thought radical. I, I, I don't know. R, that's a good one. Um, that is a good one. Um, well, whatever. Radical relish. Ridiculous. <laughs> no, I'm done. <laughs> let's, move into, let's move into our topic. All right, so we're going to move right in and talk about Indrid Cold, not to be confused with Ingrid Hot. This is Indrid with a D, Cold. Right. So. Yeah, Ingrid Hot um, has her own movie. It's a Mothman spoof. Yeah, it's a porn spoof. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what? Yeah. No, I don't, no. I don't, <laughs> I don't let you go looking it up. You were, you were outing the heat misers like... Um, <laughs> Bruce Wayne identity. Yeah. Know? Do you know how many boobacues you see in that movie? I'm having Hellraiser moments. I'm like, no. <laughs> that's got me uh, smiling like the smiling man. man. Yeah. Ooh, see what I did there? So, also, I do. Nice. Nice. Bring it back around. So let's chit chat a little bit about uh, we are, we are very um, 
inundated with Injured Cold, but our audience may not be. Yeah. Uh, most people probably only know Injured Cold from the Mothman Prophecies movie. Probably. Yeah. So, so um, yeah. So the Injured Cold, or like you say, commonly known as the Smiling Man, or the Grinning Man. The which grinning man, man, Reddit's got some creepy pictures. Oh yeah, I know, right? Yeah, and I went out and looked at uh, looked at Reddit for a couple things, and and I've got to be honest, my um, my tech skills are pretty strong, but I can't figure out how to navigate Reddit. Oh, really? I can show you. Oh, Once I, you figure it out, it's easy. Okay. Oh yeah. And you you can get not into a rabbit hole, but a Reddit hole that will <laughs> you're gonna be like, how did I end up here? Okay. And you're gonna wish you hadn't because Reddit. Yeah, I, I have crazy. suggestions for you after this is over. It's like hell yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So, um, basically, they're back in the 60s, uh, right around the time of Mothman Prophecy. Um, it was all kind of talk, taking place, um, or the events, I guess, that were Mothman Prophecies is all taking place. You've got the, um, the appearance of Ingrid Cold, um, and he, he came around at three noted events. Yeah, so this happens in West Virginia. Well, well, not the first one, okay. but the main sightings with Woody and things like that all happened, like we said, around the same time right. as Mothman in West Virginia, close to Point Pleasant, like right. not far from Point Pleasant. Right. So going back, though, to the first sighting. So the first sighting is October 16th, 1966 in uh, New Jersey. Uh, two boys, Martin Moose Munov and James Jimmy Oh, yeah, those two. Yeah, we talked about it once. Um, but, yeah, so Moose and, Mouse and Jimmy. Yeah. <laughs> hey, Mouse and Jimmy, come over here. Hey, what you boys doing? <laughs> <laughs> Not quite Jersey. It's more Bronx, but okay. <laughs> I, we're <Sorry>. from here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I don't think I've ever actually been to Jersey. So yeah, Good luck. It's a um, never-ending creepy suburb. Like, never in <laughs> uh, No, seriously, it scared no, it me. Uh, I've, been, it just, I've been to Jersey. It's a suburb that doesn't end. <laughs> I will say the 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 Jersey that's closer to the shore and closer to New York is really that. But the other side of it is gorgeous state parks. Oh. Absolutely gorgeous state parks. So anyways, in uh, Jersey, on uh, 4th Street, um, I remember the name of the town, and I don't have it here, but um, I, did, I do remember when we, when we did this as part of our Jersey Devil uh, yeah. episode, that the, where uh, they saw this encounter happen was really close to an old mine. Yes, and it was also close to where the Jersey Devil was, which right. I found out today that my um, friend... I'm just going to go ahead and say my high priest instead of saying his real name. Um, my high priest himself um, is actually from that really? town where the Jersey devil was. And I was like, Oh man, I wish I would have known. I would have had, yeah, I was like, I would have had you on the show. And he was like, Oh yeah, I grew up hearing stories about it all the time. My mom's got a bunch of them. We <laughs> uh, might have to do a part do. Yeah. Anyways. Um, so the- <laughs> Fearscape dropping a deuce on the Jersey devil. Hey. <laughs> Why are you two pooping on me? You know nobody's got toilet paper. <laughs> I need TP for my Jersey Devil. <laughs> <laughs> so they see a figure standing uh, near a fence, uh, which is probably pretty common in 66. But uh, as they walk closer, the figure was a tall, bald man wearing a metal green suit. 
uh, who was staring right at them with a huge grin. So this is where the grinning man comes from, right? Right. Well, actually, I think in all the instances of all the encounters with um, Woody, well, with with Indrid and his people, they're described as being grinning people. Hmm. Okay. So, anyways, um, the idiosyncratic man chased them until they got away from him. UFO sightings were also reported around the area. This is a little um, quote here. So, Jimmy nudged me and said, Who's that guy standing behind you? I just assume everybody everywhere in the country has. <laughs> As we just did our yeah. Bronx accents straight to Tennessee over here. Uh, I looked around and there was, he was behind that fence just standing there. He pivoted around and looked right at us. Then he grinned a big old grin. I mean, it just sounds country. I mean, dude, I, I feel like we're in New Jersey right now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, if this isn't Atlantic City, I don't. Y'all <laughs> going to the gold nugget? Oh, y'all know Snooky? <laughs> so, anyways, they uh, recalled some more frightening details of their encounter. Uh, they were recalled that the man in the green suit was unusually tall and had unnatural facial features, such as the lack of ears and a nose. So, it's like uh, Voldemort. Mm-hmm. in a green suit smiling right so i have like a small interjection that's happening like like a, one of these weird epiphanies you know like how poltergeist activity always seems to center around like uh girl like girls at puberty age yeah okay why are there always two boys at the start of all these these stories think back to um the high strangeness thing there was two boys in Kentucky that saw the UFO and reported it a uh, county over before the abduction. Because two boys equal one girl. Uh-huh. That's why they say two boys. No, wait. No. It's two girls for every boy. Never mind. I, I think it's probably just because uh, boys will be boys and girls will be girls. I don't know. I really don't know. It, it, two boys, one saucer. <laughs> I thought you said sausage. <laughs> 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 so yeah i don't i mean there there might be something there um uh, from a whole puberty perspective i don't that know. bunny corn sausage yeah um so anyways we move on to the second sighting so this is the one we're actually introduced with in the mothman prophecies book movie and uh visitors from lanulose visitors from lanulose so this man called uh woody or woodrow derenberger um, he was driving on Interstate 77 on his way home, and a uh, UFO uh, appeared to land in front of his truck. Uh, then he described it as an old-fashioned kerosene lamp chimney flaring at both ends. This kind of reminds yeah, me... Yeah, so of, sideways, though, right, is the way that... Yeah, so this is like the um, the Green Lantern. Right, Lantern, I thought about right? that, or I also thought about um, like a TIE fighter without its wings. Yeah, that's a good description yeah. too, yeah. Um, so, uh, flaring at both ends, narrowing down to a small neck, and then enlarging in a great bulge in the center. So, yes, exactly what you're saying. Yeah. Uh, the grinning man came out of the vehicle with a dark tan and walked up to Derenberger and telepathically said his name was Andred Cole, and he meant no harm. 
Colt said he just wanted to know more about the human race and he would, excuse me, visit Derenberger again. After the encounter, Derenberger stated that Colt revealed he was from the planet Lanulos in the galaxy of Ganymedes. What did he, he said something exactly. What did he say? And they reference it in like every book that I can find. He's like, my name is Indrid Cold, and he says something about your planet is different than mine or something like yeah. that. Um, oh, why can't I think of what that? But I know what you're saying. Um, see. And of course, everybody who, who hears this at the time says, well, Ganymede is not a galaxy. It's a moon. Um, that's no moon. It's a space station. <laughs> but <clears throat> that's too early. Never mind. Um, so now I, I myself have done some I went down the whole path of what if it is a different star system and so I looked and there is a Ganymede star system that's within the Milky Way galaxy that happens to be really close to the same distance away from um, Earth that Lanulos is supposed to be away from Earth so right yeah he goes on um, so still isn't what I was looking for but uh, Darren Berger said, I was very frightened, and as far as I can understand, this was all mental. There were no spoken words from him. I knew what he was asking me, but yet he stood there and his mouth did not move. He had a smile on his face, and he appeared to be very courteous and friendly. Uh, he said the conversation lasted about 10 minutes, and Cold told him, we are like you. We eat, we breathe, we sleep, and we even bleed as you do. Uh, but he said before returning to his craft, we will see you again. And so, so I think it was just, you know, my, might've been an attempt to indicate that they were vulnerable. Mm -hmm. Right. So they had vulnerabilities. Yeah. And, and to be fair, I mean, Woody was a normal guy, church going dude. I mean, yeah. 35 years old, had kids, um, you know, salesmen, you yeah. know, I, I, think know. He, I think he sold sewing machines. Yeah. Something along that. Yeah. Or typewriters or something like that both things that probably most of our audience don't know what they are. <laughs> um, My mom's a sewing machine, boy. I'll tell you what, she can get going and sew it right up. Sorry, that was my New York accent. Yeah, say, that's, your, that's your New England accent, right? You're going to leave now and go to a clam bake. Yep. All right. Did you just say a clam bake? That's yeah. what I heard, too. <laughs> Third sighting. Uh, this happened in Point Pleasant, West Virginia. Uh, the Lily family, which uh, the Lily family comes up quite a bit in the uh, Keel book, uh, Mothman Prophecies. Um, and basically they say that, that um, they were having some poltergeist activity uh, and diamond-shaped uh, lights were flying around. Um, <clears throat> the Lily's daughter, Linda, was sleeping one night and awoke to see a man standing over her. It was a man. A big man, very broad. I couldn't see his face very well, but could see that he was grinning at me. He walked around the bed and stood right over me. I screamed again and hid under the covers. When I looked again, he was gone. Yeah, see, I don't think that was Indrid. I think that was Carl Ardo. 
who <laughs> we'll talk about them in a minute. But I do want to say this real quick that I found uh, the the quote that I was looking for. Okay. Um, so Darren Berger was talking about a point where Indrid looked over at the city lights and asked him, he says, what do you call that over there? And Darren Berger said, why, that's Parkersburg, and we call that a city. And Cold responded, where I come from, we call it a gathering. I come from a place less powerful than yours. That's what I was trying to think of. Okay. I come from a place less powerful than yours. And so it's interesting that both of these sightings are sandwiched in between two kind of frightening sightings. Yeah. You know? So, um, I have a theory, as I often do, um, <laughs> lately, anyways, that um, I shared with both of you all before the show, but um, I wanted to kind of pull it up and talk about it a little bit now. And that is in 1951, I think that's the right year, uh, one of the largest uh, big movies of the, of the era was. Uh, the, the day, day the earth stood still. Right. Um, great, great movie. Great, fantastic movie. The remake, eh, not so much. But, but anyways, the in the in the first sighting of Ingrid Cold, you have a, a, a seemingly uh, facial feature less individual, right, mm-hmm. who's smiling. You look at the first encounter of um, Klaatu, yeah. in, in and he's wearing a helmet. And so all you see is this guy standing there in like a shiny metallic suit wearing a helmet. So in, in both the movie and in real life, that type of appearance frightened people, right? Yeah. So then the second occurrence, second in, uh, in, uh, encounter with Indrid Cold, you've got a slick back hair individual and seemingly still kind of metallic looking clothes, but seemingly plain clothes. The second encounter with Klaatu before he changes into like a standard suit, you see him without his helmet and he has slick back hair. Yeah. So, I mean, I just wonder if, if, if they're taking references from pop culture and using that in how they show themselves. Show themselves. Well, and the skeptic will say that that's where Woody got his idea from, right? You know? Well, but that's yes for Woody, but. How do you explain the similarities with the boys in New Jersey? New Jersey? Is that how you say it? I don't know. <laughs> it's my best attempt. I don't. Well, know. did they see the day the Earth stood still as well? I don't know. Possibly it was. Let's see. They well, maybe not because this is all happening in '66. That came out in '51. So yeah, they would have been like babies, probably. Well, yeah. I mean, or very, or they very could young. Have seen it on a creature well, feature yeah. on the weekend. That's or, true. I guess you know on TV yeah. at that point. Yeah. Don't forget that Keel himself talks about instances of belief affecting interpretation of the super spectrum. So, yeah, in a way, just seeing it, I mean, it's in the group conscious. I could see it both ways that they, why wouldn't you keep, not pop culture, why wouldn't they keep track of pop culture? Not that that's that important, but, you know, broadcasts and styles of the time, like even a smile, that would be, you know, a thing that's be like, oh, they do this a lot when they're trying to. Right be friendly so why not exactly so so i'm not really saying it in a way to, to say that it discredits the sure the but just maybe to give an explanation as to why why the encounters were different um the first you know between the first encounter and the second encounter that there was a physical appearance was so different between the two encounters 
because the first one wasn't fruitful, right? They mm-hmm. ran. Yeah. Yeah. So we need to adjust our approach to have a better experience. Sure. Well, and even like I said, I mean, you know, Indrid claims to be from Lanulos and he claims to not be the only one that's going out. In fact, he travels with two other grinning men named uh, Demo Hassan or Demo Hassan and Carl Ardo yep. um, to the other two famous Lanulosians. Um, and who knows? I mean, it could have been another Lanulosian or I mean, heck, in, in the visitors of Lanulos, we learn about the... Uh, uh, another set of humanoids. Yeah, the the people who fly around in the pink. Yeah, and pink, steal and steal, steal stuff. I wish I could remember what they were called. Uh, I think he just called them the Inhumanoids. I think that's what it was called. Yeah, yeah, um, and yeah, and they weren't mean. They just that was their culture. That if you left something out, it was for someone to take. Well, and, and somebody at <laughs> the finder keepers. Yeah, finders keepers. Well, that's what I think. A lot of the kind of a d- abduction type information at the time was kind of tied to those people that are those inhumanoids that uh that they didn't realize that they weren't supposed to take people yeah (laughs) you weren't doing anything with your life finders keepers (laughs) yeah um so but continuing on talking about indrid after this woody claims to have been visited by indrid hundreds of times um yeah, you know, like they, they took, became BFFs, and they even took him to uh, places such as Venus, uh, Lanulos, Saturn, uh, Saturn, Saturn. Uh, Mercury, maybe. I don't remember. I don't remember. Um, I don't remember Mercury being on the list. Uh, maybe I'm just making it up. But I think, it, but it, but the yeah. So there's two schools of thought. I think that you could go there. Is it mm-hmm. a that they actually physically took him, and b that they took his mind right we talked about this after speaking with andrea about the conscious connection right that they took him to what he thought he would want to see so to him venus would be filled with rivers and valleys and this beautiful because back then that was kind of the fantastical view of right it. um and that they took his mind they they well was there was even a thing done i don't remember the year but some like scientist or whatever supposedly had telescopic pictures of venus yeah with like naked people running around Mm -hmm. and all this kind of stuff and so so yeah that was already again what we've kind of talked about in other cases is um they presented him with the scenario that he would be most willing to accept yeah yeah um though i will say that his trip to lanulos always seemed different And there's a part of me that wonders, you know, because it's interesting because when he's traveling to Lanulos, he's in a separate room from Carl and and injured in them, if you'll recall. Yep. Like, Mm -hmm. you know, and and you had mentioned last week or on the Fearscape Unhinged about um, projection, UFO projections um, as a way to shift your, their projections out. And what if he was put into something like that? So it's kind of a column A, column B. It's like, yes, he did get on the ship and he may have actually gone to outer space, but they had to use that projection ability to mentally project, to show him Lanyard, to show him this, or even taking him to another planet and just said, Hey, this is Venus. Perhaps, but don't forget, like, a very interesting uh, little tidbit of his Lanulosian visits are that they go from one craft to the... I, I oh, yeah, to the mothership. Mother, yeah. Mother yeah, mothership is what they call it. Yeah, I, like, I forgot all about the mothership. And so yeah. 
I don't, you don't hear a lot of that. Do you know what I'm saying? Like to project a brain, but then I've just come across this really interesting theory about our sun and, and pyramid broadcasting and things like that. So, yeah. you know, using that as a, as a way station kind of thing. Right. Uh, sorry, I'm going to get us off topic. Keep, keep on going. No, no it's, <laughs> that's we're having round table. Yeah. Go for it. It, it. But it does. It reminds me of um, Star Destroyers and, and TIE Fighters. How the TIE Fighters couldn't go right. far until you get to they the were new trilogy. Crack. Then they could. Right. So let's combine a couple of theories that I'm on top of right now, which are more rolling around in my mind. Careful. Don't uh, crush those. Oh, no, right. Don't crush anybody's dreams. Um, <laughs> so we're, we're talking about like out-of-body experiences as ufo trips you know like in this right so why would you need to go to a mothership to rebroadcast right that doesn't make sense that's what my first point was was why would you need to go to the mothership to do that unless it was just to flesh out the story but you know it seems a little extra when one could be broadcasting one's mind anywhere anyway so think about like think about this it, it was coming from the is it bosnia i'd have to look through my notes um, where this pyramid is, the Pyramid of the Sun, uh, Croatia, I think, is where it is. Um, let Lomita. me look. No, it's the Bosnian period of Pyramid of the Sun, um, and how they're supposedly recording different. Um, it, it, it's basically broadcasting out, and they were like, "Well, why? Um, why is it at this exact point?" Well, think about it. The Earth is constantly moving, right? So. Um, what they sorry i'm trying to make this all make sense that's the all right the pyramid points at the sun because the earth is always moving to broadcast from the earth would never hit the center of our galaxy or any stationary um point for that information to go to so to rebroadcast it through the sun gives you a fixed point that then can be broadcast with more reliability than any planet in orbit hmm. does that make sense yeah. yep I'm looking okay. at pictures of the Bosnian. It's like a. Right now. Sorry, that took me a while to get there. I'm like, ah, oh, so much no. data. What's relevant? <laughs> it's like it's like a repeater, right? So you're. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah. You all your all it's doing is taking what you're sending and boosting the signal and sending it back out. You've got to reverse the polarity. <laughs> um, something else though that you said, Santosh about. I'm uh, sorry, Santosh about. Um, the uh what was the first point that you made oh before you start the ship the ship the mother so what if that whole thing was part of the um mind altering mind meld or the the whole you know so the whole so like what if they never left earth okay what if once he went into the ship that whole thing leaving earth going to the mothership going from the mothership just to wherever all of that was part of the um, inception. If yes. You will. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and I've thought about that as well. I've, I've definitely thought about that because I mean, he was in a chamber too, wasn't he? On yep. the Lanulos, or I mean, on Indrid's it would ship. be a fantastic way to remain protected, wouldn't it? If you were actually ultra terrestrial in here to make up an extraterrestrial story for safety. Right. That well, and and then that's where the psychic skeptics come in not not the uh the the normal skeptics but the ones that like <laughs> you know are looking at skeptical stories from that point of view say that yeah that they were not extraterrestrial in fact they were just trying to make woody believe that well, and, and i've you know i've, I've, I've said and then this. that goes was that military right well and, I, and i've said this a lot um over the over the last few weeks and i'm sure y'all are tired of hearing it but um 
the it seems like um, the more that I so I'll, I'll have an experience that leads me to think extraterrestrial like my experience that we had this weekend and the the vision that i kind of saw and all that kind of stuff led me way down the path of extraterrestrial so then i started thinking about it from an ultra terrestrial perspective and i and i backed up what i was thinking and since doing that my activity it's like anytime that i question the extraterrestrial narrative I am uh, either two things happen. Either one, activity drops off severely, or two, I am immediately presented with overwhelming extraterrestrial evidence to reinforce the extraterrestrial narrative. Uh, That makes me so jealous. I'm on the opposite side of the spectrum. I have more supernatural paranormal experience, and I long for a, you know, extraterrestrial contact scenario. I have them all. (laughs) no this this ufo sighting that we had the other night is the first i've had in a very long time well this is most of mine are paranormal this is very uh yeah the the ufo sighting that we had the other night was very um it was probably the first one i've had in several months that i was able to experience with somebody else that i couldn't you know that 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 i didn't question whether or not i was actually seeing what i was seeing right Mm -hmm. um I mean, it was when you said that they were moving, I was literally about to say it, and it was just this, like, refreshingly scary moment, yeah. you know? Because it was what I was thinking. Yep. So, you know, the whole... Um, so, <laughs> let's let's talk a little bit about the potential death of Indrid Cold. Okay, before we even get into the potential death, we have to talk about a few other things okay. before we can even get there because one thing we've got to talk about is the fact that his daughter has also written a book. Not Indrid's daughter. No, not Indrid's daughter. Sorry. <laughs> Woody Derenberger's daughter um, has also written a book because she claims to have stayed in contact with Indrid um, to the point where when Woody died, she claims that uh, Indrid, Carl, and uh, Demi were both at the funeral, or they were all at the funeral. Right. Well, and um, the book that I, the visitors from Lanielos that I read was a reprint from 2014, and the foreword was written by um, Keel, right? Well, it actually had two. Uh, well, I guess it had a foreword and a, and a preface. So one part of it was written by Darren Berger's daughter daughter her name is tanya darrenberger yeah, bowman tanya thank you yeah. um so what was really interesting is is that she said in the first printing of the book the editor left out a lot yeah of detail and so um the only way to ever have all of the detail back was to have the original manuscript which they don't have which they don't have and so she went through with the editor in 2014 to try to piece the parts back together to fill in the missing gaps that she remembered that her dad told her about yeah. or whatever. So I, so I don't know. I haven't, you know, I haven't gone back and read the original printing versus the 2014 reprinting to see what's different. But yeah, I do find that funny too. Yeah. I mean, we're always talking about hiding things that, yeah. the, mili- that the government is always trying right. to hide things. Um, but yeah, her, uh, her book is called beyond Lanulos or 50 years with injured cold. I have not read this yet. 
um, but it is on my reading list. I'm, I'm very interested. She was also interviewed on Hellier, which is where we found out where she said that uh, Indrid showed up to her dad's funeral. Right. Well, in, in um, from that interview on Hellier, we also found out that that apparently Indrid has has, uh, has died. Has kicked the bucket. So right. To speak. And that and that's why I wanted to mention that first bit. So yeah. here here's Indrid um, hanging with the Derenberger family. For a lifetime, and she yeah. I mean, she claimed to have sightings with him even after you know Woody's death and things like that. And but she said that he finally died. That I think Carl Ardo was the Carl, one who told her. Well, Carl and uh, Demi, Demi, Demi all, Demo, Demo, Demo is actually yeah. Carl and Demo showed up one night when she was sleeping and told her that uh, Andred was chasing somebody in a craft and crashed and died. Yeah. So it wasn't even like he died of natural causes. And that's one of the things you learn in Lanulos is that their life expectancy is really long, like into the hundreds of years um, versus our life expectancy. So it, it wouldn't have been necessarily uncommon for him to have been, you know, in his 90s, let's say, when he met Woody back in the 60s and then still be around when, when uh, that interview for Hellier had happened uh, just, you know, I think that I think she had posted it on Facebook like in 2012 or 2013 or something like that that uh, she got the bad news. So all that to be said um, that supposedly uh, Indrid is now uh, passed beyond. But what you learn in the book of Lanulos or like visitors Lanulos is that he had a daughter and two sons. So seemingly there are other colds that are out um, doing whatever he was doing. If he was like a, you know, I mean, was he a PR person? Was he a you know a scout? You right. know, like what was what was that? That's the part. Was he that, was he essentially Captain Archer or Kirk or those guys where they just had to make contact? Right. You know. Well, you know. So getting back, I'm going to backtrack just a little bit, talking about the mother trip a little bit. If you also look at, again, pop culture influences, a lot of the, like Star Trek uh, at the time was airing. And what did they do? They had a sh- main ship and then they would take shuttlecraft down to the planet. Right. And so, again, if they if they borrowed from pop culture to re or, or, or to affirm um, that this was the natural state of things, again, just to help tell the story or or to convince the participant that this was the appropriate you know experience that makes me sad a bit because that's exactly how i felt with the religious overtones it was very much selling it to a predominantly white christian audience at the time and you can tell in the way that it was written you know i'm kind of like oh i had to scoff so many times yeah i was very surprised by the by that yes yes but I think that was very much what Josh is talking about. It was this is the this is the predominant audience of the time. This the slick back hair, <laughs> you know. It was right it was the audience of the time. Yeah, absolutely. You know, and then also I guess what what could because it, it seemed like they were always, uh, and, and the book doesn't really talk about it that much, but it seems like there was always a conflict between the Lanlosians and something else. Right. There was always some kind of a, I mean, even in his supposed death, he was chasing something. You know, what do you chase if not 
some sort of a, of a conflict. Sure. So, well, know, I mean, the fact that the inhumanoids were there already tells us there's a ton more other species out there. Exactly. So the fact that they're um, interacting that way, um, and if there is a conflict, perhaps Ingrid faked his death. Oh, I didn't even think about that. Yeah. I was going to say, did he pull a Princess Diana, but he was the one doing a chasing, and then and even more so, yeah, like, I, could it could it be uh, going going deep undercover, even deeper than he already was here on... Well, and, and and if you if you really wanted to sell it, right, you would you would tell the only person who of the human race maybe who had stayed in contact, and then she would get it out to the social world, yeah. just to kind of reaffirm that Indrid is gone. But in all actuality, he's not. Well, it's interesting because um, you know when you're reading visitors from Lanyolos, Indrid very much says a million times that he's made contact and he's doing all these things with Woody so that Woody can share yeah. the, I mean, almost like the Jehovah's witnesses can share the joy of Lanulos, yeah. you know, to let the, we're not essentially, <laughs> yeah. To say we're not so bad. And so that panic does not ensue, right. which is what we hear a lot from government institutions and documentaries and things like that. They talk about, they didn't want to get it out because they were afraid of the panic. Well, think back to Campbellsville, uh, Campbellsville, Campbell's hell. Um, Stefan, and remember the weird bathroom entity that spoke to me and what what that female voice says? We're not all that bad. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, like, ooh, I, I've, I've talked to Josh and I've talked about a lot of it here on the show as well, but I mean, there's still, we haven't even scratched the surface of those things. Hmm. It's interesting, man. Injured Cold's a very interesting character. You know, and there's some people that, um, some people, hell, you're conspiracy theorists that think that Terry wrist is injured cold. Mm-hmm. I don't heard that. Um, to me, the, you know, and I'm, I guess I'm strictly basing this off of Darren Berger's portrayal. Um, the two characters are so very different to me. Um, it, Dar- or, I mean, uh, injured was always about being up front, mm-hmm. you know, whereas Terry wrist is very <laughs> hidden. Well, in, in, Again, it could be what it what is the goal, right? So in in the Derenberger encounter, like you said, it was to get him to see that we're not bad, yeah. So that he'll go off and tell the world we're not bad, yeah. But but he could now, fifty years later, have a different well, purpose or goal. Well, and even then, let, let's talk about the origin of the Lanulosians. So the origin of the Lanulosians are that they were earthlings. They were humans. That they... And it was very Battlestar Galactica. Yeah, very Um, much so. But it's like they went off to... you know, I don't know whether they were discovering a planet or they were Avenue 5 in it and they just happened to get lost or what. But they ended up crashing on Lanulos and essentially developing a whole new society and that it happened thousands of years ago. And developing telepathy, don't forget. And developing telepathy. And if you're watching Picard, something similar uh, is happening on there where they're talking about something that happened like tens of thousands or a hundred thousand years ago or something like that, um, that basically future technology had once happened before. 
Yeah. You know, so it's like, is is that the case? Did they come from Earth or was that something, you know, to make Woody understand better? But if so, yeah, like talk about a time loop. My brain is blown. So anybody who happens to be listening and thinking, well, Josh has been saying that maybe they stole from pop culture. This is what, 14 years before the 70s version? Yeah. Was, was there another version of Batascar before no, the 70s no, version? No. But even then, the 70s version didn't get into it like the newer version, yeah. basically saying that it started Earth, Yeah, so to speak. I, I, you know, it's like reverse of that. You know, right. it, it's it's like reverse of that. This is saying that um, that species started, or that those Earthlings started Lanulos. Right. You know? Well, but there were also already beings on Lanulos as well. Remember, like yeah. like it wasn't just seeded by by Earthers. Earthers crashed. <laughs> Earthers. Earthers. <laughs> a little bit, of the, little bit of the expanse coming through here. You know, and so, <laughs> hey, you thought Beltakin, you know, con- <laughs> hey, just because I'm six five don't mean I've only ever been in zero G. <laughs> I love that show. Actually, I love all the shows that we're talking about so far. <laughs> all the shows. Um, no, I forgot. I forgot that there were others there. Um, yeah, it, it, it pays mention and it barely it glosses over them. So. Were they were they humanoids or were they more like animals? Yeah, well, remember because he said that the Earthers basically kept to themselves. Okay, so they uh, before, didn't, and then and then once they split up, they started integrating. Oh yeah, yeah. Okay, I, I do remember societies. that. I do and, remember that now. Much is probably where they gained their psychic abilities and stuff. Even though they talked about they just got comfortable with each other, that humans can do this as well. Right. Yeah. Well, and, and what's I really wish that they would have, because um, they said we we can teach you. I wish you would have written written more about. Maybe it was in the manuscript, well, that, dude. Yeah. Like, he, yeah. because it well, seems like he was setting it up to explain how to teach us yeah. how to do it. Uh, well, and well, I a key come through for me was learning how to let go of a thought. Right. Yes, we've been practicing that a lot. That's where we've been sending numbers to one another, yeah. and um, <laughs> I've been sending mental nudes to both of you. <laughs> I've been getting them. <laughs> <laughs> Excuse me while I COVID. <laughs> okay, I'm back. So yeah, um, the whole thought around telepathy and just um, that it's not um, you're not they're not forcing it. They're just like you said they're they're putting it out there. And then if you're in tune right. to receive it, you're receiving it. Which led to their society of peace. Right. Like that that ability. You you're not hiding well, anything. Yeah. Anymore. Yeah. I mean, it sounds like, I mean, so I think Stefan might have told you, like, we've developed a lot. Like I, with one of my best friends in high school, developed a low level form of telepathy that we proved, you know, when Stefan met me, I was like, yeah, we can do this thing. Watch. And then Stefan started experimenting just to try and summon me and mm-hmm. mess with me a lot of times. You know, we still, still, yeah, we still do it. We call it witch mail. Still, still proving, you know, like, yeah. And, and, and what I think is interesting to jump onto that is that it, the best connections were the best friends. If you think about that stuff. Yeah. Right? Yeah. yeah. And, um, and family, like tight family. Oh yeah. Yeah. The ones that you resonate most. Like with. we were both always able to get our mothers to call us. Yep. Yeah. Always. Oh, well, I Liz, like, I, I think I can say your name. Um, Liz has seen me like I don't want to say echo locate psycho locate uh, mom uh, you know when they went on that big trip mm-hmm. and they had moved and hadn't told me yet 
And I was like, drive this way. And it was a good 30, 45 minutes of just randomly driving and me finally honing in on her. Yeah. So she yeah. still talks about that one. I'm like, yeah, that's nothing. <laughs> See, when I was at Campbellsville, uh, the only way I could get my mom to call me is <clears throat> if I made a collect call <laughs> <laughs> and said, hey, this is Josh. I'm doing okay. You can accept this if you want to. 10, 10, 3, 2, 1. <laughs> at, at Campbell's Hell, I, um, one of my favorite stories is I was – we played this um, game with our answering machines. A couple of us where it was, you know, every time you called was a new bit of the story and everything. And I just finished like recording a new story and I just stopped, walked out of my dorm onto campus and out those front gates, mm-hmm. you know, like, uh, like no reason, just, just was like, okay, this way, that way, no, kind of very like beep, 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 dowsing kind of thing. And then up drew, up drove my grandmother with uh, some of those hot dog uh, chili buns, you know, that they sold at that mm-hmm. at that store. And I was like, Mama. And she's like, yeah, I thought I'd just come find you. And I was like, don't you think you should call first? And she's like, no, nah, I figured I'd run into you. And I was like, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know, I just walked out, you know, like, and yeah, just flat out, like got summoned by my grandmother or something, you know, I was like, well, Thanks for bringing food. <laughs> mm-hmm. She knew. She knew. And don't forget my dream that I had. Yeah. Uh, where I saw the Mothman become Indrid Cold, then become you, Josh. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Well, and, I, and I've had a vision of Indrid Cold, and he told me that the Greys are androids. Okay. So um, I've been waiting on this one to come up. You're using, uh, you're using the word, like, okay, I got to flip through my thing. You mentioned this like a podcast. Uh, yeah, during the Hellfire Club. And I had to write, um, Josh says grays are androids. I immediately thought, wrong word. That implies machine, che- machine tech. Think biotech, like blue avatar, augmented reality meat suits. Yeah. Why risk biocontamination either way? Um, and whatever, what better way for a type of non-three-dimensional being to interact with this space? Uh, like, think about all the effort that we went through yeah. to corporealize i'll be right back someone's shouting for me yeah so, so that, i mean i thought about that i mean it's there's been theory before that grays are indeed just space suits themselves like what we right. see is them well there's the, the movie with uh the fire in the sky movie where mm-hmm. you know we've talked about it before we stumble around the ship and he comes across the the big guy in space suit in the or thing and he turns it around and it's, it is just a space suit but yeah, it's really interesting that, that I have had, so, you know, this is going to cross over to ghosts a little bit and intelligent haunts, but if Indrid is dead, truly dead, and he had some sort of a, a conscious spirit, could that conscious spirit still be around to interact with you on the mental level? Well, I mean, it, it, it all depends on, on the idea of a soul. Is that a strictly yeah. human thing? Is that, well, I mean, they were humans too, I guess. Right. Um, they shared the same DNA. Yeah. So I don't know. It'll be interesting. Yeah, but which strand of, of DNA? The Denisovian strand or one of right. the other? You know, like how many are we up to now? 13 or something? Yeah, I mean, they said it was thousands of oh, years yeah. ago. Right. Maybe that's what happened. That's where that missing link is, is it was their subset that took off. Yeah. You know? So then we just spawned again? No. We we just um, 
okay. I don't know. <laughs> morning, sorry, I had an alarm go, go off and I, I didn't hear where we just were. There's, no, been, I, a lot of, there's been a lot of distraction going he on. He basically said, does injured cold have a ghost? Oh, yeah. And and is is that, the, like, does that data set somehow have interactivity? And I was, oh, yeah. Like, I'm like, ooh, you know, can Lemulosians upload themselves to the cloud? Um, can we interact with that? Because, yeah, fascinating. Well, I've been uh, not not to get too far off on a tangent, but I was I'll just want to say that right now I'm trying to figure out, and maybe this is the wrong terminology, but how <laughs> to uh, astral project. And I think I've been close several nights, but I, I get hung up on how do I know when I have, <laughs> and so <laughs> then I usually end up just falling asleep. And so okay, so do you remember your dreams? So, yeah, a lot of times. Okay, well, that's the same as learning how to access shadow memories when the body reintegrates. Uh, you're all, you're already on the way. Uh, do you suffer? I know Stefan suffers from night hag. Do you ever suffer from night hag? No. Oh, okay. Well, if you catch yourself, that's a good telling way that you projected, but you didn't reintegrate. So one of one of the things you all talked about this a lot on on the on the podcast and i learned this in albuquerque actually Stefan at blue eagle mm-hmm. oh, um, i miss that shop i hope it's yeah there. it's where i was first turned on to mugwort to help with those um things mm-hmm. so if you're suffering from ones again get a get a little bit of mugwort tea and stuff it, it helps smooth the astral transition uh and i read a book by uh called astral dynamics by robert bruce amazing book robert thick, the bruce thick robert the bruce um thick 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 book but pretty solid in it, its kind of thing. And and since then, I think I like once I really started working on developing my astral body, the night hat, I don't suffer from night hag anymore. Like I've trained myself now to be like, oh, cool. Roll out of your body. You know, this is just a failed reintegration and roll out again and, and come back. So what was mung mungwort? Is that what it is? Mugwort. <laughs> <laughs> you do not want mungwort. <laughs> <laughs> So I, I was just gonna so, say, yeah, that. yeah, get you some of that mung tea. You, you, you might be able to get warts from munging, but mung doll. <laughs> do not want mung wart. So, so mug wart, yeah, is is, uh, is a tea that that aids in astral okay. uh, workings. Yes. Would you say it's it's like astral glide? <laughs> astral glide. Um, don't use my people's terms. And. <laughs> <laughs> But you ain't heard that in a minute, have you, Seth? <laughs> no, I have not. <laughs> so, uh, to quickly... For those that don't know, um, if you're not gay, don't use gay terminology. <laughs> Joking. Yeah, so you're only... <laughs> Us straight people are only allowed to use KY jelly. No. Yeah, right, exactly. Equate brand. Yeah. <laughs> um, gross. Equate brand. <laughs> um, all right, so I want to quickly wrap up Darren Burger here. Um, at, so... Uh, he... Does anybody else call him Darren burger <laughs> like burger yeah like burger, burger. Uh, darren cheeseburger um so at one point in his life after he'd remarried and moved back to parkersburg um you know he never stopped claiming this he never showed any regrets but at one point he kind of questioned his own sanity and so he consulted with a psychiatrist and the doctor there could find no evidence of mental illness or any other psychosis that would have explained his unwavering belief in the being known as injured cold 
Uh, and curiously, short, shortly after his session with Darren Berger, the psychiatrist claimed to have had communication with someone who identified himself as Indrid Cold as well. And this was, as Darren Berger said, my proof was that he had Indrid reach out to the psychiatrist. Uh, the nature of their contact was never made public. What is known is that, according to the psychiatrist, the conversation did not take place in person or by phone, but happened telepathically. <laughs> um, and finally, um, Woodrow Derenberger passed away in 1990 at the age of 74. Um, despite losing his family, his livelihood, and his reputation, he always stood by his story. And according to those close to him, Derenberger and Cold never lost contact with one another. Well, you know, we, we've talked a lot about, uh, it, like it came out during the Vatican Vault episode, as well as some other episodes, around like Bigfoot and such, that people who uh, were so adamant about the story on their deathbed made like a deathbed confession which right. they basically claimed everything was made up or whatever yeah. this this didn't happen yeah no Darren Berger did not and in fact one of the things that makes his story um, more incredible is the fact that uh, the intergalactic connection that he had with Indrid always took a toll on him um, not personally but physically following any communication with cold he would always suffer a blinding migraine headache that would leave him temporarily incapacitated and he still remained receptive to messages for the remainder of his life so it caused him an immense amount of pain and yet he still chose to do it chose to do it yeah mm -hmm. very interesting because i would have been like all right we're good right yeah. can you just go ahead and open your mouth and talk to me that would be great <laughs> Can you write it down? That'd be Can you great. Write it down? <laughs> um, and so speaking of Jessens, I, I do think it's funny because when he talked about Lanulos, he talked about having, they had moving sidewalks. Right. <laughs> and yeah. I'm like, oh, the dreams of the future. Yeah. <laughs> moving sidewalks. And I, and I do. Every time that I'm on um, at the airport and I'm on that moving sidewalk, I'm like whistling the Jetsons theme. <laughs> <laughs> That's not it. That's not the joke. Nope. <laughs> what is that? What? You just did the Simpsons. Yeah, you did the Simpsons. Yep. I don't even. I can't think of the Jetson scene now. Meet George Jetson. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. His wife. What's his name? And their kid. Oh, <laughs> Roy. And their daughter, what's her face? Jane. Judy. Judy, yeah. And their new bar opening up on the astral plane. <laughs> <laughs> the, yeah. What'd you call it? Buy some Astro. witches? Oh, uh, by the witch. By the witch. Yeah. <laughs> by the bitch. Um, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, All right. I think we've gotten about what we need from Andrew Cold. Though I do want to remind everyone, we have laid a little loose on talking about Mothman because we are going to cover Mothman down the road, yep. in which we'll talk a little more about some connection to Injured Cold. There, I didn't want to get deep into Mothman because yep. that's a whole episode, um, and we will hopefully be going out there in the next few months um, if coronavirus does not keep us into our homes right, to exactly. go to Point Pleasant. Um, but uh, any final? thoughts on injured cold yeah i think it's interesting that what got brought up during this is like what was he really doing you know like yeah he was spreading goodwill that's what he said but he was obviously stationed here right oh, because yeah. if, I didn't think if about he that. died in a, in a crash 
if he's used to chasing off in humanoids, we can infer that he had a job, a, a job of sorts, a role right. beyond goodwill ambassador. Yeah. So what was what was that? I wonder. I I even took it as the as the goodwill ambassador part was like a hobby. <laughs> like like Arthur Weasley, <laughs> well, you know, just, obsessed with Muggles. <laughs> I mean, but he just you know, he maybe he got tired of of always doing the same thing day in and day out, and took it upon himself to try to change the dynamic um, mm. with with Darren Berger, or even you know he attempted before with the two boys and couldn't get anywhere until he tried again with Darren Berger, and then to your point, Stefan, later with Lily and and the Lily. Uh, family maybe that was Argo or somebody uh trying to have their own type of experience as well right or what's coming through right now for me uh get ready for this and we've already talked about time loops and travel what if he's back to see the thought because humans will eventually need to go to Lanulos to start this all happening in the first place yeah wow gets back in science, science fiction is science future so yeah. maybe yeah. become part of science fiction to become part of science future yeah i i i don't think indrid is dead i i i think that if he was real um i think that i'm with you that he's 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 a little undercover maybe he has um gone up in rank you know, so he's been promoted to a different, you know, whether they have war or not, there's always military in some way, shape or form or government. Right. So maybe he's worked his way up and maybe he's a men in black now because, the, the, you know, a lot of the descriptions of the men in black kind of fit the lanulosions a little bit. Yeah, they're different. So they're, they are similar, but different. I, I think the men in black. So that he talks, you know, we're going to get into a whole other string again. I th- so they talk about you know, about the uh, the separation. So I think that the Men in Black are actually a different group of humans who branched off. Well, they all seem that way. If you think about, it. if you if you if you if they're not using any glamoury spells, yeah. and they are what they look like, we've got the Lanulosians who are either seem very native american or very middle eastern yep. right or persian yeah i always or persian right or you have the blondes which seem very viking very norwegian right. very white uh you have the men in black that always seem to be very asian like chinese japanese um seeming yep. um are they you know are they offshoots of us yeah so so, so that's what i'm saying like yeah. maybe thousands of years ago when they first the humans first set off into space it was one group and over time they've broken up into different races if you want to call it that either that or it's the opposite i mean you know there is a theory that the only true humans are african-americans the the humanity started there um, and everything came out from there and if you think about some of these ancient astronaut theories that these species could have come down and intermingled and 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 yep. came from that. So instead of uh, them coming from us, we come from them, right? Yeah. So yeah, which know. ones were the ones that messed with the neo-hominids? Yeah, which one? Yeah, <laughs> I don't know because I mean, I I I can't think of any um, alien uh, types out there that seem African American, um, and so they seem the most Earthling to me. You know? Yeah. Um, so I, 
I don't know. Yeah, I mean, there's literally a theory that's just popped in my head. As even, even though the Native American peoples have myths of literally coming from this ground. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. So, but they uh, also, I mean, they also have the sky people and the star people, too. They so. do have sky people, yeah. So, like, I mean, they've even had a dream of sky people. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> Sorry, it's a play I directed once. <laughs> <laughs> I did costumes. He did. Um, anything else, Josh? Any other theories before we get to the listener story? Nope. All right. Well, the, let's get into the listener story then. That was Indrid Cold. Um, like I said, we could really keep going into this. And in fact, when I finally read Tanya's book, I'll, I'll probably be revisiting yeah. Indrid right. Cold again. Um, and, well, he uh, might be revisiting us. Yeah, he might be. He might be. It's out there now. I mean, we've tagged ourselves. Flashlight yeah. on. Yeah, flashlight on. Um, so uh, this next um, this next uh, listener story that we've got this week comes from another person that I've met on uh, the Haunted History of Kentucky. Uh, their, their name is Gene Moorfield. And uh, they actually have two stories, but we're only going to use one today. If you have a story to your listener story of the paranormal or of aliens or UFOs or contact of any way, shape, or form or psychic abilities or anything like that, send those to fearscapepodcast at gmail.com. Uh, but like I said, this comes from Gene Moorfield, and this is their story. This is a true ghost story. We grew up in a two-story house that was built around 1900 in Lexington, Kentucky. I am the oldest, and I heard a woman's voice speak to me during a thunderstorm one night. I saw shadowy figures of a woman out of the corner of my eyes at different times of the day. My youngest brother had much the same experience. However, my other brother and sister experienced nothing. After my mother died, the family home was sold to a nice young couple with a baby. Years later, I stopped by my old home and was reminiscing when the lady who bought it came out and asked me if I had lived there. I said I had, and she gave me a tour of my old home. Almost everything inside was the same. Her young son was now probably in the first grade. As I was leaving, she asked if my mom had died in the house, and I told her no and asked her why. She told me her young son had seen someone and heard voices, particularly a woman. Is it possible that the ghost that haunted me and my brother now haunts this young child? I always wondered is is haunt a negative word or is it just an is is it a happening? Hmm. We, wait, hold on. Like as in is it a pejorative nowadays cuz yeah, like haunt used to be like that old that old haint, like the word yeah, haint, the haint. Um, yeah. An Appalachian slang is uh, is a negative word, you know, like but referring to the same other world. Yeah, I mean, haunt. If you think about it, does come off negative. I mean, like, what would you call a home that has a positive ghost? Would you still use the word haunted? Yeah. So that's so uh, the point that I'm trying to make is is just because there's a ghost in the house doesn't mean that it is negative intent, right? Yeah. Maybe it's trying to help. Maybe it's trying to just communicate. So I just, I don't want to necessarily get hung up on, because we, we talk a lot about ghost stuff and we always use the word haunt, but I just, haunt implies rattling chains and slamming doors. I, I, I've and, never heard another term. Uh, maybe Keith age knows one. I yeah. mean, being around much longer or even Andrea. Um, visitation I've heard before. 
you know, or co-living. Hmm. I don't know. I don't well, know. I mean, but there's the the fairy lore of having helpful spirits there. So brownie yeah. and things like that are helpful. Uh, and I think hobgoblin might be, might have that helpful thing, but it's become negative yeah. nowadays. I don't know. Too. Good question to research and look into yeah. for sure. Um, yeah, any listeners out there, if you've you've heard another term that doesn't uh, come across as negative, that still is, describes a spirit or ghost um, living in your home, what would that be? Yeah. Um, but yeah, we're going to get out of here. Thank you, Santosh, so freaking much for yeah. joining us today. Thank a great you. show. Blown by, jeez. Yeah. I'm still, I'm still like, we're just getting into it now. What do you mean? I know. <laughs> I know. We got to, we got, we got to go. Um, but no, thank you so much. And we will, of course, gladly have you back, especially when we get in to do Mothman prophecies and stuff like that. We'd love to have you back. Um, uh, yeah, so- I want my own getting spooky with. Yes. Oh, oh yes. Yeah, we absolutely definitely. need to get spooky with because I'm sick of telling your stories. <laughs> <laughs> you do it so well. Not true. Some of them you wake up and I'm like, what? That's an interesting telling. <laughs> <laughs> it's all about perspective. <laughs> Um, but yeah, we're going to get out of here. Um, you guys, please make sure to follow us on all of our social media at Fearscape Pod. You can find us on Facebook, on Instagram, and the Twitters, um, as well as our website. Yep, FearscapePodcast.com. We've added some new stuff out there. We've mm-hmm. got uh, a little uh, guest section. So as we have guests on the show, we'll have some information about them. So you'll get to read a little bit about the people we have on, as well as uh, if you want to pick up, you know, for those that are authors or whatever, if you want to pick up any of their books, you can. Um, and then also there's a, a, a revamp of the store is mm-hmm. coming soon. So uh, be sure to check back often to uh, to see. And, of course, we'll communicate when that revamp yeah, occurs. Yeah, in the meantime, go to our, our regular store. But one of the cool things, one of the revamps is happening is because we are going to be introducing for our blanket huggers out there the Fearscape blanket. Yep. Um, yeah. We've had some people asking us for a Fearscape blanket. So we have created one in our new store that we'll have soon. We'll have... You, so you can get your very own Fearscape blanket, blanket so that when you listen to our show, you can indeed hug okay. that. And I may make one with just me and Josh's face so you can hug us. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, but yeah, so be on the lookout for that. All that can be found at fearscapepodcast.com. Make sure to click on those books. If you want any of those books, you can go straight to their Amazon pages, straight from those links on our website. You can get their books. Kevin's got a lot of great books. Andrea's got a lot of great books, you know, the list goes on. Yep. And uh, eventually I'd love to put our resources down as well. The books that we mention and talk about, um, you know, all that jazz. Uh, anything else we need to mention before we roll? Nope. I all right. So. Any final words, Santosh? Uh, you can reach me at Santosh David 333 across most social media platforms. I'm very bad at social media, but you can do it. Um, also, um, stop on by by the witch coming to an astral plane near you. <laughs> next to the pizza joint the astral plane (laughs) um but yeah we're gonna get out of here thank you guys so much for tuning in to fearscape paranormal podcast this has been stefan i will catch you on the flip side this has been josh the truth is out there santosh this has been santosh and i still haven't come up with a byline (laughs) (laughs) all right everybody remember hold those blankets extra tight because things tend to get spooky we'll see you guys later Good night. Good night, everybody. Good night. I'm so glad you were able to join us for that horrifying discussion. 
I hope they didn't frighten you too much. <laughs> Tune in next week for even more research into the nightmarish and haunting creeps and spooks that we tell ourselves don't exist, but we know they do. Make sure you have your blankets that you hold them extra tight. Next time on Fearscape. Ha 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 